0: Welcome to saturday morning cartoons the collider a weekly podcast for all things animation including reviews and interviews returning from the post-apocalyptic future of las fistas i'll be your host sean paul ellis Joining me today from Ratland Amusement Park, my Ooh. co-host Dave Trumbor, David, David, David. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, bud, how are you? I'm just social distance
1: riding, going solo on some of these Ratland rides, you know, one person at a time. It's pretty, it's pretty nice, actually. I kind of like this experience. Yeah, it's been great. Seems,
0: seems like you're having fun. What is your favorite Ratland amusement?
1: It is the trash slide. One of my favorite things ever. It's just a giant trash chute. You just grab a piece of trash and just ride it down into like a nice big garbage pile at the bottom. Hop out and do it again. It defeats oh. the social distancing thing a little bit, but I mean, it's still all in fun. It's a good time.
0: Are other people sliding down with you or is it's it like one at, one a, at, time. at a time? Yeah, it's a one at a time. Well, it's not a
1: bad social distancing thing. No, it's thing, not though, bad right? at all. You're just covered in trash. But oh. I mean, I think they vetted it probably.
0: Probably? I mean, <laughs> do you think that the proprietors of... Amusement park of Ratland? Ratland.
1: I know them personally. They are fantastic.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to say this. A
1: weird thing that's been happening: there's these giant, like, flamingos that have been flying <laughs> over all day. I don't really know what that's about, but
0: <laughs> I'm going to tell you tell you right now: flying flamingos, two headed flying flamingos, yeah. even bad omen. It's a bad omen. Bad
1: yeah. omen here in Ratland.
0: Yeah, your favorite? idea. But
1: you've been to Ratland a number of times. I know we visited it earlier this year in January. What was your favorite ride uh, then and all time? Uh, All time?
0: Yeah. Van. Oh, you love Van. I love Van. It's a great ride. It's a great ride. (laughs) It's a great ride. (laughs) It's a uh, multi-utility in terms of, you know, a place you could live, a place of mode of transportation, and a ride all in the same place, consolidated down into one. Yeah,
1: it's great. It's it's very efficient, and it's definitely worth the price of admission, too.
0: Every time I go to an amusement park, I think to myself, what's the most efficient ride I can get on right now?
1: Van. I want to say, as a warning to our younger <laughs> listeners out there, if you go to an amusement park, do not get in a van. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Let's throw let do a serious talk for a moment. Don't get in a van, a van if you go to an amusement park. Anyway. <laughs>
0: just yeah, just steer clear of vans just in general. In general, yeah. Just in general. Yeah. Just help yourself.
1: Tell your parents oh. not to get a van.
0: Dave, you mentioned... Hmm. That we have talked about this show, and we should be very, very clear about what we were watching today. We are getting into Kipo. This is season two of Kipo. We had an opportunity to talk about season one of Kipo that was back on episode 263, January of this exact year. Which was like seven
1: years ago in 2020 (laughs) time. It feels like an actual lifetime ago.
0: I feel as if I have waited the appropriate amount of time for a new season of a cartoon that I'm enjoying to come out. But when you realize that this is DreamWorks Animation, man, they are cranking out new releases just about every day. I'm yeah. assuming season three is going to be out tomorrow. Season three will probably be out before this episode airs. Yeah, Probably. Because <laughs> 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 we're airing... On a Saturday morning, yep. hence the name of our cartoon. And, oh, for any I never got list- nice. and for any long-time listeners, they're probably just like, you guys used to release on Mondays. That was failed marketing on our attempt. That's I think on we've us, released on every on your... day of the
1: week at this point. <laughs> <A> 275 <laughs> episodes. pretty sure we hit every day.
0: Yeah, we're, intentionally we're trying to hit otherwise. It yeah, <laughs> it's been a goof up sometimes. Yeah. So <laughs> we've talked about Kipo season one. Yeah. It obviously has already been out now for a little over 24 hours. It has come out on June 12th. You're now listening to us on June 13th or at some point in the future. Sure. And you're getting into Kipo Season 2. Man, what a ride. Not an not an amusement park ride, but just like what a what a, what a ride. Somewhere
1: yeah. between van and amusement park ride. Correct. Use whatever scale you want. But we should mention that we are going to be talking some spoilers today. So if you haven't had a chance to check out Season 2 or even Season 1 at this point, uh, yeah, you're going to be talking spoilers. Now, Sean, I believe you haven't had a chance to watch the entire season yet. So we're only going to go up to about halfway through Season 2. So, we won't really be talking the finale or, or kind of what leads into season three. I'll tease a little bit about that, but I won't be going into heavy spoilers for that.
0: Perfect. I can't wait. If you are a fan of Keepo season one and you're interested in Keepo season two, let's break it down with a little bit of a synopsis. Yeah. We're going to turn it over to a longtime friend and listener of the show, our super fan friend, Bobby Anthem, for this week's synopsis. So, Bobby, take it away.
1: After spending her entire life living in an underground burrow, a young girl named Kipo is thrust into an adventure on the surface of a fantastical post-apocalyptic earth. She joins a ragtag group of survivors as they embark on a journey through a vibrant wonderland where everything trying to kill them is downright adorable. Following the Season 1 finale, all is not well on the surface. With the Burrow people under Scarla mind control and her father his prisoner, Kipo must quickly learn to master her newly discovered mute abilities in order to save them. As she and her friends split up on a dangerous rescue mission, Kipo's journey of self-discovery unearths mysteries of the past that change everything she thought she knew.
0: Dave. Do you remember where you placed Bobby in Keepo season one and where would you put him in Keepo season two? Well, I remembered what happened last week when I learned my lesson from our
1: tic-tac-toe mm. games, but no, I don't remember where I put him in season one. Can you refresh my memory?
0: I don't remember either.
1: Ah, oh, farts. <laughs> that I was, was a loaded question.
0: Real loaded question.
1: <laughs> I'm going to spin it back around on you. Where would you rank Bobby? Rank? Where would you put rank? Bobby in season two?
0: <laughs> Why am I? I'm ranking Bobby I a 10 out know. of 10. Rank Bobby out where, of all 275 Where would you put episodes? Bobby on the ranking scale? <laughs>
1: please now where would you put Bobby uh if he were to be a character in season 2
0: of Kipo? You know I would want him to be a a very joyful character. Hmm. I would want him to be somebody who is uh extremely fun and has fun and is interesting in this show. So uh and also has like a fun arc where you know they they come in or or they're they're prevalent in like a, a couple episodes. I I'm thinking right now as a character that came from season one into season two, I would say I want Bobby as Mulholland.
1: Interesting.
0: as a standalone season two character, I would almost want him as one of the groups of special characters that we've had uh, as a theater. You want him to, oh, he'd be a good theater, I think. Because I remember where I think I had placed him previously. I think I had said I want him as a part of the Newton Wolves. Sure, right, with his Uh, little sweater. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, not only that, but I mean, like, Newton Wolves have such good voice acting in there. Yeah. I think Bobby would fit in. Plus, you have Jizza from the Wu Tang Clan yep. as one of the Newton Wolves. And I think Bobby would be over the moon about uh, being able to be uh, in an animated short with Jizza as well as also John Hodgman, too. Yeah. So yeah. I think he'd enjoy that all around. So that's I'm my gonna, Bobby response. I'm gonna you Where you are you going to do you one better. I'm going to
1: do you one better because this, oh, okay. is, this is how it works when you go second. It's a competition now. Uh-huh. Well, it always is, apparently. You just have to <laughs> go second. Now, I want Bobby to be part of a supergroup with some of the Newton Wolves, Mulholland, the Umlaut Snakes, the Timbercats. Bring them all together. I want them to form a supergroup. That's what I want. I want Bobby's anthems, Kipo's (laughs) supergroup. And I want that in season three soundtrack, honestly. I want him on this amazing soundtrack. It's it's fantastic already. It can only get better if we put Bobby in there.
0: I agree. Supergroup. Supergroup. Speaking of super, let's get into a little bit about season two of Mm -hmm. Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beasts. We're going to break this down in terms of good, the bad, and the LOL. We're going to talk about the things that we like, things that are good. Talk a little bit about them and why we think they have a great impact to the continuation and season two of this show. Talk about the bad. Talk about things that maybe didn't resonate with us that we're going to critique and we're going to be pretty mean about it. I don't know. So harsh. So harsh. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the LOL things that made us laugh, whether it was intentional or unintentional. There's actually a lot in this show that really made me laugh yeah, and was super enjoyable. So let's get into it. Dave, the good for Kipo season two, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great
1: about this because it really did kind of pick up exactly where season one left off, not just in terms of the storytelling, but also in terms of the quality, you know, right. We kind of got introduced to everybody in season one, so we learned who all the characters are, how, you know, what their parts are to play, and how they kind of interact with each other. Now we really get to kind of dig into those relationships a little bit more, dig into the mythology of this crazy world a lot more, which is a lot of fun, and the music is just as good, if not better, in the second season than it was in the first. So it it really is kind of firing on all cylinders here, and there are very few things that I kind of wish they had done differently, or maybe taken a different approach or uh, or changed entirely but it's mostly you know it's mostly all good from here it's just the specifics at this point yeah how right. about you
0: well I, I you bring up some some good points i know that we talked a little bit about characters before i wanted to ask was there a returning character from season 1 that you were excited to kind of see their progress and their trajectory through this new season sure i
1: liked uh you know all of our main characters i like obviously I like that we got to explore a little bit of their stuff a little bit more
0: obviously. Obviously. <laughs>
1: uh, no, Wolf Wolf was a lot of fun because we get to see some more not so much of the background of her we already kind of established quite a bit of her background but sort of the maturation, how she's growing and and learning to kind of get along with other people when she'd been mm-hmm. isolated and alone for most of her kind of uh, her young life. We obviously get a ton of mythology for Kipo herself. There's a huge right. twist at the end of the first season. That, you know, if you're just coming into season two and you're like, why, is he, why does she have a giant furry, like, panther arm? Well, that's explained. <laughs> we get a ton of uh, sort of, not even exposition. It's, it's kind of, it's layered in throughout the telling of the story. But we get a ton of myth- mythology for her. Uh, as far as other returning characters, Mulholland. Mulholland is one of the my all-time favorites from this series. I can't wait to see what else they do with Mulholland. And I don't know if you've seen the whole arc of what Mulholland can do, but a great, great season for that character. <sighs>
0: Damn it, can't Who doesn't
1: love a tardigrade?
0: I, yeah, I know he's so weird. This very strange. If I'm not familiar with the tardigrade, that is what it's like a, a, a like a brain amoeba. Not
1: even that. No, they call it. Uh, they also call it a
0: water bear
1: because it's just this tiny, uh, microscopic little six-legged critter. It's technically okay. an animal. And uh, so I mean, so are amoebas, but they live basically everywhere and they can live and survive everywhere. So you can find them in the soil. You can find them in water. You could, they could theoretically survive uh, deep space because you basically can't kill them. <laughs> They're kind of indestructible. So and the Tardigrade on this show, very obviously is kind of exaggerated uh, for yeah. creative licensing. They're usually not just like a, a squishy water filled uh, teddy bear kind of thing. But, yeah, I love that they just brought a giant mind-controlling tardigrade (laughs) into the series. (laughs) And they actually did something really cool with that character in season two. You actually get a somewhat villainous character with an
0: interesting arc in season two. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say I love Benson in this season. And Benson was always a super fun character in season one. Yep. Uh, really enjoyable to kind of see like his obsession with certain particular things, especially around food every once in a while. And you see some of that food (laughs) come back and being repeated again in certain episodes, specifically around brunch. If you're not familiar, Benson is the character, you know, in season one, we had talked about this Has a a very interesting reveal, uh, you know, for the, the LGBTQA plus community. This is a character that when our titular character Kipo said that they were interested in Benson, Benson just said, I'm not interested, I'm gay. Yeah. And it kind of... And
1: do you remember my kind of reaction to that? Yes, I do. Okay, I didn't know. Like, I, at the end of watching season one, I still kind of felt that same way, where it was just kind of like, it was the one moment that pulled me out of the season a little bit. I'm happy, and I kind of, I stand by that, because it it felt, uh, it just felt like the vernacular was out of place with the rest of the kind of story Bible of the season. But... that point i love what they've done in second uh in the second season exploring that character further
0: and i think a lot of your 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 discussion about benson and sort of the 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 conversation about his sexuality was that he's somebody who's been living above the surface they're very far in the future in this post-apocalyptic lost uh you know uh world yeah and you know how it's it's fine that he has that particular sexual orientation of course it's just how would he know how to classify it?
1: That's all it was. It was just the yeah. semantics of like how that came about. It, it felt very much for the audience and not for Benson, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. It's I just, mean, just I... the
1: terms that they, they used for it. But to, to kind of put a point on that, I love what they've done in season two as a way of revealing more of his, uh, of his personality and who he mm-hmm. is in his interactions with other people within the world around him. Because that to me comes across uh, in, a, in a stronger way than kind of just name-dropping it in the first season.
0: Of course. Yeah. And we have a lot of really great moments where, as I mentioned with the food, there's also a little bit of food and flirting that happens for Benson, which is really enjoyable yeah. and very endearing. I, I bring this up to mention that, you know, we, we, we've we talked about from DreamWorks Animation, uh, two previous shows that have come up. Voltron mm-hmm. had a little bit of a problematic introduction <laughs> of a gay character with yeah. Shiro and sort of how a lot of that was received by the community. Uh, they have, you know, Shira yeah. and the princess of power talking a little bit about sort of some of the, the complications between Adora and Catra and their relationship, right. uh, kind of potentially causing issues or problems. And we've even talked about book of Korra for avatar and the fact that there was a lot of, that was implied, but not really kind of hit home and specifically m- message this I want to say I love the fact that this never takes away and only adds to Benson's character. The fact that he's in a relationship that's not abusive, that's not there as a tool, that's there to show his humanity, that's there to show his personal side and and kind of how he interacts with this character that we are introduced at the very end of season one named Troy and, and just kind of done in a very endearing cute nature it's for this, so sweet for, for Benson I, it's I so love sweet. their
1: interactions because it's just, it reminds me of that kind of just like youthful awkward uh attraction but you don't know what to do with it you don't know if the other person feels the same way and you get to see that from both Benson and Troy they both kind right. of are like trying to figure each other out and be like Whoa, what what's going on and it's super cute and I love it and it doesn't act as just like a side story it's like a very important part of Benson's arc and I don't know if you got to this point or not so I don't want to say anything more, but that that relationship does get further layers added onto it as the season goes. So it's not just like a one episode drop and just like, hey, just to remind you that he's gay. Well, let's move on. It's it's actually like developed out,
0: Good. and other Good.
1: characters get to come into and like help out in that kind of very supportive friendships that are developed along the way. And it's really well done. Awesome. Yeah,
0: and it brings up the question too: Are flapjacks? pancakes dave
1: it's a great question and we could talk about it for the next 45 minutes probably but
0: oh oh you're deferring on the flapjacks and pancakes I am, question i, I see
1: I, I don't think i ever called them flapjacks unless i was camping i feel like it's just like a it's like a lumberjack like camp like if you make them outdoors they're flapjacks if you make them inside <laughs> they're pancakes
0: that's the de- that's, that's the, the definition
1: yeah you gotta have four walls and a roof <laughs> If they're inside they're pancakes if they're outside they're flapjacks Ooh, if you make them on a griddle i don't know i've just blown oh. up my whole theory
0: Oh, I don't know. We're really, really digging deep into these. I said we could talk
1: about it for 45 minutes.
0: Yeah, I know. We could definitely get into this. But I want to focus on some of the new characters. Yeah. Was there a particular new character that you were introduced to in season two that really struck a chord with you that you really enjoyed and resonated?
1: I don't want to take them from you because uh, I know you've got them on your list, too. But I really did love the kind of take on uh, what was it? The Macbeth kind of like the three witches, the three kind of weird sisters uh, trope. We've got, again, we're talking spoilers here. So we've got three blind goats uh, <laughs> called the Chevre Sisters, <laughs> which there's a lot to unpack there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a great example of how Kipo and, uh, you know, co-creators uh, Rad Sechrist and Bill Walkoff. It's, it's a great example of how they have taken, like, animals in the world and just, just kind of mutated them and made them bizarre <laughs> and added all kinds of craziness to them. It's a really great example of that.
0: No, it definitely is. And they have a wonderful chant that they have oh, as yeah. well. Plus cheese magic. Yeah, cheese magic. Who doesn't want cheese magic Love cheese in magic. a show? Or kind of like cheese mysticism? Guy,
1: it's a, it's a combination of things because they definitely do some like, they definitely do some like potion craft with cheese. They also walk, you know, Kipo through the making of the cheese as a way to kind of like unlock her, her cheese. It's almost like training an avatar uh, at this point but it was definitely one of those like karate kid kind of things where it was just like go spice through in, yeah, spice, spice out spice out. Yep. hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, so it was just a lot of fun and uh, I want to learn cheese magic. Honestly,
0: yeah. I'm, I'm interested in it. I will say a character that we get a glimpse of in season one, but we never get a full reveal are these death stalkers yeah. on the very tip of Wolf's spear mm-hmm. is the the end the the kind of the poisonous stinger of a death stalker and you don't Which really just like a big
1: mutated scorpion i think you learn that in season one don't you the i think def- you
0: it yeah i think it's like it's tipped off scorpion, but you never really yeah, kind of like see uh, yeah, okay. what it is and so it's awesome to kind of see some of these creatures because they're they're talked about with such reverence yeah. with uh with such fear of these creatures that are mutated that are that are in Las Vistas, that they. They don't want to give you everything away in season one, and so being able to actually see some of the characters and meet the Death Stalker that was attacked by Wolf yeah. and had its stinger removed—that to me was a really satisfying visual and reveal of what had happened. So that that for me was great.
1: I also love too that they have this added wrinkle. It's not just like you get to see the monster; you actually get to see how it hunts, and the fact that it it can't necessarily see yes. very well, but it can sense. Heartbeat, it can track and hear and kind of echolocate heartbeat. So how Wolf beats this, she's able to calm herself, calm her heartbeat. And then in a very cool episode uh, with Wolf and Kipo, each learning how to kind of be more like the other. Mm-hmm. So Wolf is learning how to be a little more chill and a little more go with the flow and a little more fun. Sociable. Sociable is a great word. A great yeah. way to put it. To relax a little bit. Wolf, just relax a little bit. But Kipo then has to learn how to be more serious and actually take things seriously and, and do the hard work for once and, uh, you know, do that. So they each learn from each other. But it's a really nice reminder that Wolf cares about Kipo. So that if if Kipo looks like she's in danger, like Wolf's, Wolf can control her own heart rate and heartbeat when she's in danger because that's how she survives. But seeing Kipo in peril, like, it's harder for her to control that. And it was just like a great little touch. Uh, right. And you'll find that same kind of thing throughout the entire season, those great little touches those little callbacks to the character relationships and their moments.
0: Oh, absolutely! I know that we have discussed, and I know that you have written about sort of the focus for this season, yeah, kind of being on the positive side of things. You know, uh, where season one kind of felt a little bit open ended, where you're kind of getting the band together, yeah, you're kind of you're, you're building some steam, and you're sort of understanding the lay of the land outside of a burrow for Kipo as she's introduced to this new world. Now suddenly. There's there's a mission, there's kind yeah. of a goal that's involved, I which will, I think has done. I, I I don't want to cut you off, but no, I, I think it's done. I think it's done a great job in terms of being able to to give direction to some of the storytelling. I think that what is so fun about this show is that it's not limiting. It's a driving force but they still allow the world to expand and encompass some of these new and fun and interesting characters that we get thrown.
1: I'll dig into that a little bit more in our quote-unquote bad section, not because I think it was a bad decision, but because I think it limits some of what made season one great. And I'll dig hmm. into that a little bit more in the next section, but I think you've got some more good stuff we want to talk about, right?
0: Oh, I mean, I just you talked a little bit about the mythos and the music. Yeah, I think those things are just so positive and just so fun. So uh, we do have a reveal of sort of a masked character for a majority of the yeah, f- that, second season for at least the trio. first six episodes. There's a yeah. trio of kind of masked. Uh, we don't know what they are at this they, point. They kind of look like they're masked animals slash like a people who would like put the like plague the, masks. the plague mask. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I've been playing way too much Bloodborne. <laughs> I, <laughs> and, and I should have known, known that. I should have known that. Yeah. Yikes. So, <laughs> uh, you know, so we get this uh, we get this trio of characters who are kind of creeping around in the background. This made me begin to spin my gears because I wanted to say I knew the direction that the show was going in. Mm. It's fun to have a show still throw interesting and fun twists yep. into the mix about all the things that are out there. You know, it, it's interesting to kind of see how that relates to Scarlamane, who is a wonderful villain Dan in terms Stevens, of. What we dan stevens killing it
1: all people like i was impressed and and kind of shocked and surprised in season one at how good dan stevens was as this cartoon villain who's way over the top uh season two is at least as good if not a little bit better just just from like one episode where he has this completely unhinged laugh that goes on forever and is like kind of inhuman i don't really know how he did it but it was really impressive stuff and I will say this is getting into a little more spoiler territory, uh, even as far as Sean's concerned, but you get a lot more on Scarlet main throughout uh, the kind of latter half of this season that really maybe doesn't change how you look at the character, but definitely rounds out the character himself. I'll leave it at that.
0: In the moments that I've seen so far, it does lend a little bit of empathy to the character, Definitely, which is interesting to kind of see them cast this villain in sort of show a little bit about why he's this way to kind of give you a little bit more about his personality because he hasn't always been Scarlemagne. Right. And to kind of see that, that rise to power, sort of what motivates him is, is definitely interesting.
1: But he's also definitely. fully insane because he wants to yeah. use uh, his own pheromones to mind control or I guess chemically control humans in order to kind of wipe out the remains of human civilization and build the city of Aurum, uh, the golden city of dreams. So that's kind of crazy. Uh, (laughs) So he's definitely still got, you know, crazy mad scientist vibes. Uh, He's a fantastic dresser. He really does have a specific style that he embraces. And even that is explained uh, as you go through season two. So that was a really (laughs) neat reveal where that all comes from. And then at the end of season two, you get introduced to some new characters and they end season two kind of leading off in a whole new direction for season three. And I think that's where I'll leave that tease.
0: Yeah. All right. No, good tease for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to watch the rest of them tonight. Immediately. Yeah. yeah, immediately. Right now. Yeah, I got to go. Well, you know see what? You it's been a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'll carry the rest of it, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you
1: mentioned too, like, uh, scene transitions and kind of, I mean, this is like a little nuts and bolts thing, but I wanted to make special mention of it too, because it's not usual. We don't normally see this. Um, so what did you like about the kind of introduction of the, the title for each episode?
0: Right, I I loved them in the first season and it's great to see something uh continue on uh, just for reference there's a lot of opportunity that they have where they're they're setting the stage at the very beginning of the episode before the theme song which again is such fantastic theme song like yeah. i i have it on spotify and i it, it just i listen to the theme song every once in a while like it's yeah. just it's so good and it's like what like less than 30 seconds exactly. It's fantastic it's
1: a nice little perky like kind of pep up
0: god it's so good I love the reveal and how they segue into all these episodes by suddenly like panning to show and kind of reveal or have a character walk in front of and then walk right. away from an item or, or something that's in the background that just simply says Kipo or, or kind of alludes to the word Kipo or it could be stars. It could be roots. Uh, it could be a coffee shop sign. All yeah, of or these clouds things are...
1: or any of that stuff. And it's always different and it's always really unique and creative and they
0: didn't uh, have to do it. You could have just cut to a
1: title card.
0: Yeah. But, but, Every time it's revealed and you see them make that transition, i if it's not apparent to me, and there's one or two that are kind of like a little bit hidden uh, or maybe not were, maybe weren't maybe were as apparent for me as a viewer, and hunting for them and kind of like stopping it and be yeah. like, okay, got it, got it, perfect. Some That's has, yeah. so
1: fun. Some of them have like a wipe where like two things cross in front of each other, and once they do, they kind of form the the title. But like on their own, they don't quite match it up. So it makes sense if you watch it, but it's just a nice kind of like – shout out to the animators to add that little extra special flourish because you know it takes maybe two, three seconds to do that, but that's (laughs) you know, seventy-five frames of animation or so. So it's like that's a lot of work went into that.
0: No, I agree.
1: It's good stuff. What's some of the stuff that maybe didn't work quite so well for you in this season?
0: Uh, I have only one thing. (laughs) Sure. I have only one thing and it's it's not on the show. It's on Netflix. Oh what they do this time? It's on well, aside from Mm. making me wait for season three uh it's it's the fact that when netflix attempts to do previews for uh for episodes they give you like a title or like a bump card yep that is kind of like a static image before it gets into like the preview of the episode itself sometimes which we get it netflix i know i can turn it off but also just knock it off sometimes please chill uh the title card for this as we've mentioned at the end of season 1 there's the reveal about the big pink jaguar paw that Kipo has you you find out very early that there's the potential you know for a, a transformation that there's going to be this big reveal they show the big reveal in the damn title card That's why would awful. you do that
1: See, I thought you were going to talk about, like, the marketing because the marketing kind of did this, too. For anybody who hadn't caught up with season one, and it's not like it came out five years ago. It it came out, you know, four or five months ago. January. So the marketing, when it first came out, the first poster was Kipo with her big, you know, pink jaguar paw, which doesn't happen until, like, the last one, maybe two episodes of season one. So if you didn't, (sighs) you know, if you hadn't seen that season, I mean, I guess sucks for you but you know for people who maybe want to be interested or be like wait what is that giant thing and then you know just again the marketing material that they're not always in line but stuff like that for that title card of of literally showing like the major reveal at the end of an episode of a pivotal episode it was the end of a two-parter too right right that's
0: kind of a bummer man i don't blame you for being upset by that yeah that stings because i want Stings. i it stings the Death Stalker thing, and yeah. I want to be surprised by this reveal. Yeah. You, you, you get noted about this DNA sequencing, about the 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 history between Song and and Leo, mm-hmm. Kipo's parents. There's so much that's involved with this, and so I want that almost Shira transformation style exactly. moment where these things happen. Not in Netflix. a title card. Netflix took a it away from me. Thumbnail for so, an episode. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, I, and any time you put mega in front of anything, because we've we've had mega mutes on this show before. So we had the mega bunnies sure introduced have. really early on season one. Mm-hmm. We had the mega dogs, which were super fun. I still love, love those them. dogs. They're the corgi literally one just is the, they're, best. the corgis. Great. They're just playing in a giant lawn, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> like just playing. They're guard dogs, but they don't know. They're just <laughs> being regular mega dogs. Uh, we had the mega monkey, who has another part to play in this season, and then the you know the legendary mega jaguar, which I guess Netflix just decided to show before you even watch the episode. So yeah, that's a bummer.
0: Just show us, I guess, all the mega mutes or show us big high level plot points or like the title <laughs> or like a like the what's going to happen in yeah. the final scene or just <laughs> note these are the things that are going to happen in this season. Now you can't get now we've removed all element of surprise. So what's sorry. really
1: funny is like inside baseball, but sometimes Netflix and other content creators will do that for press. So when they send stuff out ahead of time for like review embargoes, they're like, this is embargoed till this date. Please don't mention these six things. And then they just list six crushing spoilers in a row and i'm like can you please put that at the end of your email so i don't see that before i even watch your show it's just some of the stuff is just kind of like common sense and i know that show runners and the people who actually spend months and years blood sweat tears like creating this stuff that drives them crazy too and that's not to knock the the marketing team but some of the stuff is just like it it sounds like we're
0: not gonna we're gonna we're gonna give the marketing team like a slight critique a little
1: slap on the wrist because they are bad decisions and it it usually comes from being disconnected from the material and just being like that's a cool image let's put that on the box kind of thing maybe don't (laughs) but they don't know like if you look at it and you're like oh there's a mega jaguar let's put that on like the first poster of everything it's like you have to be able to talk to the showrunners to be like no that's a reveal we're gonna save that for later so that's just a that's a nuts and bolts kind of miscommunication
0: but yeah right And it's very hard because I'm very confused because you said that this has to do something with baseball. And we're talking about cartoons here, Dave. Yeah. So, this inside baseball, very confusing to me. Next
1: week on Saturday morning cartoons, (laughs) it's just going to be all baseball cartoons.
0: There's an anime. There's an anime. I know, and I couldn't think of what it is off the top of my head. Yeah, me, me. I want to
1: say Balls Out, but that's 100% not it. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to find it. We'll watch it for next week.
0: (laughs) Balls Out?
1: Balls Out. That sounds like an anime about baseball. Let's if be that's
0: honest. not an anime about baseball, it needs to Ooh. 100%.
1: Look, it definitely Ooh. exists. It probably isn't what I think it
0: is. I feel like it's etchy and yeah, I'm here for it. And so. I
1: created it, and I'm just trying to sneak that past the censors. But anyway, <laughs> some other stuff that didn't really work for me in this season, though, was what you talked about earlier, sort of the narrative decision. The first season felt wide open it felt like a video game you're playing in an open world where it's literally just like they they drop you on the doorstep and just like here's the world before you like this is it's all there go out and explore it and figure out whatever you want to do in your own time and watching season one was just kind of like i never knew what was going to happen next i didn't know when they were going to stumble across a new mute like an edmb or a mega bunny or a a man-eating plant or any of this stuff season two it was a little more restricted in that world because like you said they had a focus they had a, a direction that they needed to go they had an end point a goal in mind now they do loosen it up a little bit because once they achieve that goal there's still a bit of the season left so they have to figure out something else to do and obviously things change along the way so it's not bad by any means it just restricted the imagination and the surprise for me because once you set your characters on a path where it's like here's their goal here are the steps they, they need uh, in order to achieve it. Yeah, you may get some surprises along the way, but you more or less know the beats of the story.
0: That's I don't all. know, Dave. I feel like heroes journey wise, you know, they, they did everything that they could to make it successful in season one and kind of prime you for season two. Season two had that direction. And, you know, it, it, it's crazy because you think, I don't want anybody listening to say, like, oh my gosh, like they're only out to accomplish this one objective. I mean, they are. For me, you know, bringing in the blind goats, the theaters, the <laughs> cappuccino, yeah. uh, you know, the this masked trio that we yeah. have, uh, you know, like, and there are a lot more characters. We've got Fun Gus. We haven't even talked about Fun Gus. I love We've Fun Gus. The I voice fun actor Gus.
1: for Fun Gus. I have God. to look that up, but it was just amazing.
0: I'm assuming it's the kid that just does Catbug. Please I, let it be the kid who does Catbug. It sounded bug. like him. But it I sounds like. To
1: confirm it. Yeah. But it was so cute. Like I would be like, I'll hang out with you, Fun Gus. It's fine.
0: Yeah. Mm, perfect but you know there's there's so much detail and they do such a great job of incorporating all the things and the seeds that they planted in season one yeah uh i don't know i mean i i I get what you're saying uh, and i haven't finished the season yet so i i understand what you're saying up to the end of season six dave so (laughs) i'll close out those last four and then we'll we'll chat again
1: yeah it's not a knock against the show it's just uh it's a function of being of moving into basically the second act of a story so like Season one, you set everybody up. You've introduced all your characters. They get to have crazy, wild fun. And you kind of have to start funneling them to go somewhere unless you just want to have one of the old-fashioned, like, 65-episode serialized stories where every week is a new episode and it's zany and it's wacky and it's wild. And then that lacks direction at all. So I get right. why they did it in season two. It just restricted a little bit of that imagination, just in my opinion.
0: Can I can I tell you how much of how dumb I feel? And this sure. is, again, this isn't... This isn't a knock against the show. This is a knock against me. So I'm I putting myself that. in the bad category right nice. now. Let's get into it. Okay. We just talked it's about the gonna character. It's probably
1: going to be one of my LOLs. <laughs> just laugh it'll be a
0: laugh It'll be a great way for us to segue into <laughs> LOLs. Uh, the character Fun Gus. Yeah. Just he's now. mold. Oh, no. Yeah, just, just now. Just now. Just now as buddy, we are saying it out loud. I know. You Ugh. poor thing. It's.
1: You sweet summer child. <laughs> what but i mean the show does <laughs> you've never <laughs> heard that phrase. the show does a lot of things like that like we had to look up the chevra sisters because right. sean was like is that a cheese i, was I like, think I it's, think it's like i think it's like a, a latin for goat which is probably 100 wrong it's actually a goat cheese so it's a cheese made with goat's milk It's just very specific and super punny and i love that stuff yeah but they they sneak a lot of that stuff in uh throughout the season who was cappuccino again remind me
0: He is the uh, shrimp. That's what I thought. Who owns, like, the brunch island. I feel like there's a pun
1: there that I'm missing. Like, cappuccino is a funny enough name, maybe just because of the brunch. I feel like there's more to it. Uh, There could be. (laughs) I
0: I thought the same thing because I, I, I... Expect sort of the puns or sort of some of the the playfulness with the naming of some of the characters, especially
1: like Newton Wolves. I had to do like yeah. I had to go back like three layers and be like, wait, just gymnastics like to Carl figure this Sagan, out. But they're yeah. rapping like physics wolves and just like, okay, now we got there. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I I thought so as well, but it also could have just been, hey, this is a shrimp that happens to own and operate an island that serves brunch. Yeah, brunch island. And, it's and their has, domain. Leave them alone. And it has, and it has three rules, Dave. Do you remember the three rules? I don't remember the three rules. Could you do them as if you were uh, our one of our favorite characters, the our bug friend, Dave? Dave. Should I be old Dave? Le- love Dave. Yeah, do which it version old of Dave? Dave, Dave uh, was
1: great again. We didn't mention him at all, but I, I love. It's one of the most unique and original characters I think we've ever seen on TV. A character that goes through their entire lifespan uh yeah. in a matter of could be hours could be days it changes all the time and they just recycle you know they, they go back to like egg pupa status all the way through like old man dave and all kinds of fun stuff
0: because i was going to keep dave for the lols because that Everything character does, just yeah. Yeah. keeps killing me yeah. left and right uh we are segueing away from me personally putting myself down Aww. to the lol Yay. dave anything fun or anything that made you laugh intentional or unintentional yeah Fungus,
1: which i'm stealing it from yeah. you because you haven't Damn mentioned it. here but like fungus's gus's voice it didn't matter what the character was saying even when they were like irate and like running screaming around the room at like the top of their <laughs> lungs like it was hilarious it's supposed to be kind of terrifying but it was absolutely hilarious at the same time it'll make more sense when you watch the episode but essentially picture like picture like a toddler like a super cute toddler who has unlimited like psychic abilities (laughs) that's terrifying right but it's also super cute so it's one of those kind of like cognitive dissonant things so i love fungus and then also dave everything that dave did how about you what 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 popped up at you
0: there there's this really weird line we we talked about sort of this masked trio Mm. and there's a character that's in that trio named greta Mm -hmm. and she makes a comment as they are Riding, I think, on the back of a dragonfly. Yeah. She goes, uh, if birds had lips, that they would be chapped all the time. And it came off as such a non sequitur. It's apropos of absolutely nothing no. that's really going on, except for the fact that they're flying and there's a lot of wind. And Greta just of hated flying, exactly. Yeah. She makes these comments every once in a while that are just so silly and so stupid. Uh, Greta I,
1: reminded me of Scorpia from She-Raw. and I don't know if it's the same voice actor, but it was the same kind of like delivery, cadence, the same cadence,
0: uh, the
1: same kind of like the writing for her was pretty much the same. So I, I don't know, but that was like I think those two would get along well together. Uh, Dave's comment,
0: yeah, uh, where he, where he's he's with Kipo and they're they're kind of uh, on a mission together, and he just goes, "It's another mission of Captain Jaguar and Mister Gorgeous," and I lost it See, I, just... I like that
1: but then Sounds... i liked his follow-up to it he's like i'm still working on it he's like i'm still working that out
0: <laughs> like, we're, not, we're not quite
1: there yeah but i like working it out uh i i literally like i don't have specific lines because a lot of the writing is funny but it's just it's within the context of whatever's going on in the scene so i honestly i love anything that the umlaut snakes or the timber cats do because i just yes. love that they exist they they crack me up no matter what What's funny about this season though, I feel like it was more on the dramatic side. So I didn't really find myself laughing quite as much, but I was really drawn into kind of the mythology, the relationships, especially as Kipo finds more and more out about herself and the past that she didn't really know about and the future that is kind of uncertain at this point. Uh, That was really more interesting to me, but I will say as deranged as Scarlemagne is, I find him absolutely hysterical like he's yeah. crazy and he can be really scary at times but I, I feel like he's absolutely hysterical even when he's you know spoiler alert blowing up Ratland. because that is like where did that come from it comes so far out of left field there's our baseball terminology that it's just kind of like okay that was a decision and it kind of just catches you off guard and sometimes all i can do is laugh because i'm just like that was completely insane and they just decimated like the neutral zone of this entire surface world so right yeah I'm a little and bit it, maniacal in that sense too that I laugh at the the mad scientist and crazy <laughs> villain
0: but I, I you know I it, the scarlet Man character yeah. gets a lot of focus yeah in this in terms of like his direction and just sort of his feeling about humans like just and this you wait, isn't I, even lol yeah like just like this is such a bigger conversation yeah it is uh you know just kind of about some of the social commentary and, and just I, he refers to humans as filth and there's yeah there's a great conflict
1: here. So a a couple things that I wrote up in the review and uh, a lot of them will come more to bear when you watch these final episodes, because it really, one thing that Kipo season two did better than season one was, yeah, they, they focused in the story a little bit more and may have, in my opinion, lost some of that imagination, but what they did really well was double down on kind of their social commentary. Season one, if you watch it, you're kind of like, "Ah, I don't really know what, you know, what are you saying? What, what is the, what is the meaning of, behind it. And you can find a lot of things that they talk about. We talked about it in the the previous episode. They kind of sow the seeds of this disconnect between so-called mutes and humans who live below the surface. They establish that conflict throughout season one, but season two really hammers it home. And now it's this kind of back and forth between who's got the upper hand or paw or whatever you want to call it, because things happen in the final, you know, few episodes of the season that can shift the balance of power one way or another. But what I really love about Kipo, and I'm I'm writing up a uh, editorial on this at the moment, but Kipo is a new character whose greatest strength isn't that she has like this incredible DNA or this incredible parentage or uh, these incredible abilities. She's got part human, part mute DNA. So she's got one foot in both worlds. Mm -hmm. But her her bigger power, her, her more effective power is the ability to turn enemies into friends. And I love that. I love characters who do that, mostly in anime. Goku is one of my go-to uh, <laughs> characters who does that because he just likes to fight everybody. So if you're a good fighter, you're going to be friends with Goku.
0: I mean, Luffy uh, does that a lot Luffy in does one it piece too. as well.
1: Yep. Anime is, is chock full of those characters, and I feel like right. Kipo now fits in that in that group. But they even they lay it right out early on because when uh, our our crew has to take care of these kind of three wayward humans, including Troy who they're like, well, we know we met you at season one. We don't want to abandon you, but we can't take you on our adventures just yet. Uh, they're capable. They, they can handle themselves. We find that fairly on. But they need somebody to kind of watch out for them. So Kibo's like, take them to the Timbercats. And everybody in her group is rightfully like, uh, are you sure? Because Timbercats hate humans. <laughs> and Kibo's like, it's fine. They're friends. Like, they're my friends. And yeah. they the, the exact same thing happens when they go to the Timbercats. Uh, what, what's his name? Yum-Yun Yeah. <laughs> Says, like... Yeah, like, all you had to do was ask, like, Kipo's a friend. So, like, we'll we'll watch them for her. We'll take care of them. They'll be fine. They, we'll treat them just they, like we would keepo.
0: And they go through this very fun yeah, montage yeah. that made me laugh of, yes. like, trying to yep. endear these three <laughs> that we have that are going over, which I think it's, like, Dolly, Asher, and Troy, mm-hmm. uh, and, and giving them, like, something that's going to add value yeah. to having them trying under the win wing, favor. under yeah. the paw of, uh, <laughs> of good. the Timbercats and it's it's super fun and then they they walk in and they're just like oh wolf is pitching to them like they have so many skills and and yum just looks in and says are they keep us friends like you had me at that you didn't yeah. you didn't have to pitch anymore that was it that's all you had to say Case closed. Close and the, the same
1: book. thing goes for like the umlaut snakes uh, we see it with some uh, one of the mob frogs um that jamak. that is an incredible power i love jamak you yeah. don't have quite as much to do in season 2 but uh that's an incredible power for A character to have especially in these days where it's not about how hard you can hit somebody it's not about how big of an explosion you can create it's about the ability to keep and forge allies and then more importantly to turn enemies into friends and allies and that is huge i think more so than ever uh relatively few characters have been able to do that in kind of storytelling history cartoon history is, is is replete with some of them Um, But Kipo is definitely a great addition to that. So I hope to see in in season three and beyond, I don't know how many seasons they have an order for, but I hope to see that kind of, you can see those stories where this kind of hero figure is building this like these allies and they all come together in like a big climactic moment to really take on uh, whoever's left on the other side, basically. And if you can turn that one villainous leader at the end if you can turn them to your side then you save a lot of bloodshed a lot of conflict and you all work together to make a better tomorrow and i hope that's where kipo's going and um yeah i can't wait to see more
0: yeah i'll, I'll say my final lol yeah i love the theaters oh they're great and again you know fun wordplay they're theater otters the otters i perfect. love
1: how far they stretched that because Damn. even the character who is talking about it was he had to explain it for a good like yeah. minute like he just took a it, minute out of the dialogue to just be like we're the otters do, do you see we're thespians we're thespian we're, otters, we're otters we're theotters that theotters. travel
0: as bards <laughs> right i'm just like, like this, just is, this is this is the home. best this is um, so good That was good in terms of what they're doing and then i loved i know we talked a little bit about our shrimp friend cappuccino yeah. we have Dave trying to explain that there are three rules about brunch Island. Uh, he's like, pay your bill. Yep. Uh, you, you know, information can be traded, but it, you know, there has to be something valuable that it's traded for. And then he and forgot like, the third ah. one. He's like, I don't know. We wash your hands or something uh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> just neglects the entire third rule, which is no humans, Whoops. which just so silly kind of to important. see Dave kind of put on blast when he finally gets called out. as like not paying his bill. Uh, and just what after a great like resp- 40 years or whatever yeah. what a great response as well with this he's just like oh yeah i did dine and dash that yeah. one time oh crap <laughs> like just so silly i where is the dave spinoff i just want to have that i want the action figures i want a whole
1: dave oh, yeah. series of action figures for like each of his like seven uh random characters from pupa up to old dave
0: that i think is the best part is that in this fun Gus two-parter we have the entire life cycle of Dave, and it hovers on the old Dave persona. Yeah. And there there are a couple conflicting moments between Benson and Dave. Yep. And it's fun to see that happen, and it's so fun to see Dave go through those constant life cycles. I, man, even, like, when he's introduced reintroduced to Maholland in the first part of that episode, and, I mean, just the entire time, Dave's just, like, You know, Mahalan asked the question. Raise your hand if you want to go into like my dream brain state thing. And Dave's the only one. He's like, Oh, are we not doing this right now? He just wants to go back and party. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess a little bit later. Like, I'll do it. I'll do it. It's fine.
1: (laughs) But I love that too because in his like older state, he's they're treating him like he has dementia because he kind of does. But they're treating him like it. So anytime he sees something weird in this fungus-covered apartment complex that they've fallen into. Uh, he's like, there are ghosts in here. And they're like, Dave, just, will you just calm down? And they don't listen to him in like a classic kind of haunted house story. Ultimately, they should have listened to him, even if he was crazy. But yeah, I love the conflict there between Dave and Benson, because at the latest and earliest stages of his life, Benson has to take care of Dave. Everything in between that, Dave can kind of take care of himself and he can protect Benson. But Benson's got to take care of him when he's old. He's got to take care of him when he's a pupa. It doesn't last for very long, but he still has to kind of like Shoulder those responsibilities. So it was, it was a nice touch from the writing. Right. Team. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think we're at the point where we can give our recommendation. It should not come as a surprise, but hey. just as a quick reminder, we can recommend a cartoon and say, we love a cartoon and we could tell you why we think it's a great use of your time to be able to watch it. We can also say we don't recommend a cartoon and maybe suggest another title or tell you why we didn't uh, find it interesting or why it didn't resonate with us. If we don't recommend a cartoon, we can go one step further and we can give it the dip. Yes the who framed Roger Rabbit style dip erases it from the annals of cartoon history dave how are you feeling about season 2 of Kipo
1: 100% going to dip dave uh, oh, because he'll, no. be he'll be fine he'll be fine he'll just well, grow, I think he's the only character who may be able to actually survive the dip somehow ooh. he said he spent like 40 life cycles in what like a mega bunny's stomach or something a mega chicken's stomach
0: mega chicken stomach just because it's cold outside because
1: it's cold outside (laughs) like i love him man he's the best no i mean this this show if you haven't watched it from season one now is a great time to check it out because you've got like 20 episodes that you can catch up on relatively quickly they're short they're colorful the music is fantastic Mm. the stories are great they're definitely fitting and and a nice kind of escape for the the real world right now, you can watch it with the family. You can watch it with friends. You can watch it by yourself. Uh, you know, listen to our show after you watch it, and then feel free to chime in on social media just to talk about the show because it's so good. And I can't wait to see where they're going from here. And I can't wait for Sean to watch the the final few episodes of this season and and get his final thoughts there. But uh, for the episodes you've watched so far, since I recommend it, uh, what do right. you think?
0: Absolutely, one hundred percent recommend nice. this. This is easily the best new original IP that I have seen this year. I've had so much fun and enjoyment from watching this cartoon. We talked a little bit about the music. If you're on Spotify, there is a Kipo official playlist and it it has recently, as of this week, updated to include a lot of the stuff that is in season two. So if you were thinking to yourself, man, I really want to get all that new, all that new, uh, hot, season two music on that playlist it's already out there for you i just they do such a great job with this show i think just in terms of imagination and and creativity i hope that there is enough to sustain this cartoon for like 20 (laughs) seasons that would be great i would keep watching it it is just so so much fun so definitely recommend keepo season two i don't think that we would be sitting here talking about the season or second season of a cartoon that only came out in January. If we didn't endorse this enough, uh, I I feel like more people should be watching this show than who know about it. Uh, because don't sleep on this one gang. This is, Amazing.
1: And I'm hoping people find it, even if they find it through the soundtrack, you know, even if they find it through the artists who contributed to the soundtrack, that would be great too. Daniel Rojas, you know, put everything together for the show, collaborator for it, uh, vocalist on some of the tracks, fantastic work on season one and season two. What I loved most about it though, is not just how good the soundtrack is, but the fact that it plays a part in the plot. It's not just yeah. background. It'll either enhance an action scene or it'll actually be part of like some major moments that happen throughout season two so heroes, it's heroes
0: on fire dog it's good stuff just you wait heroes i don't think you've seen that final that final moment yet i haven't you got so to. i'm excited about it nice so season two kipo netflix now it's already been out for 24 hours so what just finish been it up. Yeah. yeah get on it you're gonna love it you heard him on this episode our friend bobby anthem who we also love you can hear him on his paranormal podcast Inhuman experience along with his co-host bobby blades Find them on Twitter at IEXP underscore podcast. And Bobby has a solo show that is in the same stream, which is called In Search of My Lost Soul. It's on hiatus now, but I think there's nine episodes to date, if I'm not right or wrong. Go and listen to those. Subscribe to Inhuman Experience. Get In Search of My Lost Soul for free. The low price of nothing. It's available now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, just about anywhere that you listen to, to podcasts. So thank you, Bobby. Dave, what do you got going on, buddy?
1: Same old stuff, but With a slight tweak, I am now the games Ooh. editor for Collider.com. But I am also, you know, still Uh-oh. covering animation here. Sean's doing a dance. I wish you Uh-oh. could see it because this will go in your LOLs for next week. <coughs> if you want to chat with me about Kipo, about games, about anything at all for the most part, you can find me on Twitter at MD. And if you want, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary-ish in a couple months of The Science of Breaking Bad from MIT Press. So mm-hmm. read it now before the Platinum Edition comes out. That's not a thing that exists. Just trying to market myself. Okay. Anyway, check it out. What's
0: going on with you, bud? <laughs> uh, I typically perform when we're not in a pandemic Aww. live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that's called Nox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. Uh, we are going to have some live shows that are going to be available. I think over either Facebook or some streaming service in the future. You can find all information about any of those shows. I think they'll be Thursday nights. It uh, in the next couple weeks. You can find any of those on witdc.org. And as always, I'm on social media. Uh, at Sean Paul Ellis, please help me not be on those sites anymore. But, you know, if you are listening to the show and you are suddenly following me, give me a reach out and just say, hey, I'm following you because of the podcast. I will actually follow you back. I'm, I'm a real human. <laughs> Sometimes. Most not times. a bot is what mm, I'm trying to usually. say. Eh. 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 I have a comedy podcast that is called The Bureau. If you have ever listened to Earwolf's podcast, Teacher's Lounge, We do a DC style spoof of Teacher's Lounge, which is called The Bureau. You can check out The Bureau anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We have actually, we're in the final stages of recording. I think we have two episodes left that we have to record for season two. Season two, episode one is out now. So you can go and you can listen to it. Uh, We have been having a lot of fun. Uh, It is a pretty, it is, I'd say it's probably a 95% improvised podcast. uh, And it's only half an hour long. So, you know, pretty bite-sized, Magic. adjustable. A couple of people who have been on this show, such as Isabel Galbraith, as well as also Jamal Newman, who are on it. They are fantastic. Uh, rounding out the cast is our friend Jesse Chimes. So check out The Bureau. In the meantime, want to support us? Yeah, You're SMC. Oh, man, you are the best. And you can go over to our Patreon, search Saturday Morning Cartoons. Just remember that's Morning With You. And you can subscribe. It really helps us out. You know, a cup of coffee, blah, blah, blah. You get it. You're nice. Thank you. You got it figured. Yeah, you got it figured. You do the math. Also, <laughs> you can also just tell a friend about this show. Why? Because we don't understand how Apple iTunes and the recommendation engine works. Also, you could tell go, us how Apple iTunes works. Yeah, you could just go on and refer, like, review us on Apple iTunes, and that would be Amazing and we would appreciate it. But we also know that if you are listening to this show, you probably have friends that really enjoy cartoons. Just recommend it to a friend. Make it really easy on you. We super appreciate it. We'd love to have their recommendations. So easy. Slide into our DMs on Twitter, at Morning Tunes. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook, at Saturday Morning Cartoons. Drop us an old-fashioned email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. You can find all of these links in the link tree, which is in the bio for all of our social media sites. And as always, you can listen to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere fine podcasts are sold. Man, that's it. Bang. Season two, Keepo. Go watch now. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna actually go, watch go finish. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go watch it. So R.I.P. Ratland. Point taken. R.I.P. Ratland. Rest in peace. Welcome to the band. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday morning cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.